Welcome to the City Alliance Church Podcast. Thank you for taking the time to listen to our messages. Our prayer is that you would listen, learn, and be inspired to love God, love others, and serve the world. Subscribe and share these messages to bless others. Here's this week's message. We are wrapping up our series, Anxious for Nothing. We've been walking through the past four weeks. How do we win the war against worry? This is actually a series that was inspired by a book written by a man named Max Lucado, a great book, also called Anxious for Nothing. Highly recommend it. But we all know this, right? It's not going to be one sermon that's going to end our anxiety or even like a series. So actually last weekend, we took some time to go a little bit deeper by actually having an anxiety seminar that was hosted by our very own Dr. Jenny Broad. How many of you guys were able to come out to that last week? Yeah, a few of you were. It was really well attended. We had a lot of folks from outside of our church that were coming to check this out. And it was a really great way to get some real practical advice on how we could actually win the war over worry. It was Bible-based, it was in Scripture, and it was an awesome time. In fact, we got such great response that some of us are actually thinking about, should we do this again? And so we want to hear from you. If you think you'd like to see an anxiety seminar to do another one, or, or maybe even do the same one, and again, what you can do is you can actually email us at info at cityalliance.org. So you can shoot us a quick email. You can text the email to us. We'd love to know your thoughts. Do you want more resources like this that are kind of outside of a Sunday morning that can help you go a little bit deeper and maybe get some of that deeper transformation as you're trying to find uh, victory over anxiety and worry? Um, you know, whenever we kind of think about how do we want to do our sermon series, we usually like plan about like a quarter out. And, you know, so I think like back at the beginning of the sermon, I'm like, you know what, I think going into the fall, a series of anxiety would probably be pretty good. I did not realize, though, how much of this series I would actually need to preach to myself uh, this past month. Uh, some of you guys know this, that over the past month I've had some health issues, of, uh, and, and so I thought I was kind of over the hump of it, and then ended up in the ER on Thursday, had a medication that didn't quite go well, and talk about anxiety. I was feeling anxious. I'm like, what is going on in my body? Am I going to make it to church on Sunday? Uh, all these different things, and uh, by God's grace, thank you so much for your prayers, church. Church, our, our, our family personally feels so loved by all of you. Thank you for the text messages, the social media messages, the meals he dropped off, just for encouraging my wife over the past couple days. I just want to say thank you so much. We are such a loved family because of all y'all. So thank you so much for caring for us in that way. And, you know, we are getting some recovery. And you can keep praying for us. Obviously, we'd love to try to go to Portugal this week. That's kind of the plan. But we've got some doctor's appointments. Want to make sure that we're doing it in a healthy way. So please be praying for us as we're kind of in this time of anxiety. And so literally, this series has been a series is that uh, I've literally been preaching to myself all week. And so we've been talking about how do we be anxious for nothing. And in fact, week one, I actually gave you the entire outline for the series. So you didn't have to figure out where's Nathan going to go with this series. I actually gave you the whole thing. And it's all kind of around the word calm. And so calm, C stands for celebrate. When we're dealing with anxious thoughts, we need to celebrate the fact, C-E-L-E, now I'm anxious about spelling. Celebrate the fact that our God is sovereign. Sovereign means that God reigns over all things. It means that nothing falls outside of his control. He's aware of what's happening, and he's working it off for his good. So that's the C. Then A is ask. That sometimes we, we don't receive because we don't ask. If we need help, God's waiting for us to ask for help. Ask him for help. He wants to help you. And then L is leave. 
leave it with him. Once you give God your anxiety, don't pick it back up. And we talked about the exchange, right? It's like, God, I'm going to give you my anxious thoughts, and I'm going to take your peace. And then I'm going to walk out of gratitude out of that. But have you ever had this happen? Maybe you come to church and you bring your anxious thoughts to the altar and you've prayed with some of your friends and you feel good and then you walk out the door and the anxious thought is there with you. You ever have that happen? It's like a boomerang. It's like you give it to Jesus and it comes right back at you. What do you do when that happens? And that's what we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk about M, which is marinate. Say marinate, church. Marinate. Mm-mm, Good. How do we marinate on the good, the the true and noble and the good thoughts that are able to kind of help us during those times of anxiety? So let me ask this. How many of you could use some calm in your life? A couple of you? Okay. Turn to the person next to you and say, calm down. Now turn back and say to them, no, you calm down. (laughs) Calm down. (laughs) Now listen, I also want to remind us here about this series that we're talking about situational anxiety, not medical anxiety, okay? Uh, Some of you may think, man, if I am taking any kind of medication for anxiety, does that make me less of a Christian? Let me just tell you, absolutely not. Absolutely not. We believe here at City Lines Church that God uses medicine and that God uses miracles. He uses pills and he uses prayer. He uses all those things. Because our God is a holistic healer. And so I want to let you know if it doesn't make you less of a Christian, anxiety is complicated. And a simple prayer or even saying simple scripture in and of itself isn't going to help. But remember, as followers of Jesus, Scripture is the weapon against worry. Amen? This is what we use to do battle. And so we've been kind of going through Paul's prescription for anxiety together over the past few weeks. We've read it over and over. And maybe some of you are like, Nathan, I'm really getting sick of this scripture. That's good. That means it's getting in your heart. It's getting in your soul because you want it in there. You want it there. So when those times of worry, those times of anxiety comes, you can shoot right back at it. These words of scripture. So let's go ahead and say this one more time. I'm going to walk us through it. In fact, why don't we all say it out loud again so that we're all on the same page. Ready? Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put into practice, and the God of peace will be with you. See, that's the last piece of Paul's prescription we are going to look, about, look at today, and this is the name of this, the sermon. Today's, term is, is, today's sermon is titled, Think About What You Think About. Turn to the person next to you and say, think about what you think about. In fact, this is funny. Last week, my friend Jenny Broadus taught me that there is a word for this called metacognition. So you're all going to be leaving here with some big words when you, when you walk out of here. But this is what this is. This is metacognition. How do we think about what we think about? And the biblical word for this is meditation. Now, what, what exactly do we mean by meditation? Like meditation, it's kind of a weird word. Maybe you kind of th- have thought about this. When you think of meditation, you think of maybe someone, you know, in like a lotus position going, oh, oh, I am anxious for nothing. My head is empty, Om. right? Maybe you've had that kind of a picture of meditation, but that's actually not what the Bible means by meditation. Meditation is really more like that word marinate. That's why I like that word a lot, marinate. Say marinate, church. 
we're going to be talking about marinating. Some of you are getting hungry. Let me ask real quick. How many of you are my grill masters? Like, it doesn't matter what time of year it is, the grill is fired up. Any, anyone out there? A couple of you. That's awesome, right? So you know all about the art of marination. You see, what marinating is, it literally is you're taking a piece of meat and you, you're putting it in a liquid, usually something acidic, and what it does is it flavors the meat and it also tenderizes it. And so when you marinate your mind in God's word, it's like you are tenderizing your mind and your heart in scripture. You're letting the flavor of God's word go from your mind and into your heart and into your hands, into your feet, into every aspect of your life. And so when you marinate, when you start talking about the things of God, when you start saying God's word out loud and you read it and you write it and you start kind of really making it incorporated in your life, you actually begin to have the power to select your thoughts. And that's good news, because when you marinate, you select your thoughts. Now, there's a lot in your life that you can't choose, right? You can't choose where you were born. Uh, You can't choose uh, your race. You can't choose what ethnicity you grew up in. You can't even choose, like, how much salt is in the ocean. But you could choose what thoughts you entertain. Uh, Think about it like an air traffic controller, right? You think of an air traffic controller. They decide what planes land, what planes have to wait. You can do the same thing with your thoughts. That's what the Bible tells us that we have the ability to do. Look what it says in Proverbs 4, verse 23. It says this, be careful what you think because your thoughts run your life. Your thoughts lead your actions. Your beliefs dictate your behavior. Thoughts have consequences. So if you want to be happy tomorrow, what thoughts do you need to sow in your mind today? If you want to be cranky or irritable tomorrow, what cranky or irritable thoughts do you need to start sowing today? We become what we believe. And we need to be aware of this. And, and I said this last week that it isn't a neutral battle, right? God is on our side. But I also need to tell you, too, there's also an enemy that comes after. And this is a reality. That's this, is that Satan attacks your thoughts. Now, I know maybe some of you are here, you're thinking, wait a minute, Nathan, like, we're talking about anxiety, now you want me to talk about Satan, like, the guy that wears, like, red tights and, like, has a pitchfork? Well, listen, let me give you kind of the big picture here. One of the things the Bible teaches is that we live in a world where there is a spiritual side to it. And so there are spiritual forces of good, there's God, his angels, and and his kingdom, and there's also spiritual forces of darkness, Satan and demons and all these other things. And so a lot of times our anxiety, it's not just simply thoughts, but there's literally a battle that is happening that we cannot see, that we're not even aware of. And if we're not aware of that spiritual side of the battle, we lose sight of it. And oftentimes we we end up moving, uh, we literally end up more frustrated than anything else. Maybe you've had this happen, like you discover a mole and you're thinking automatically, it's cancer, I'm going to die. Or man, the kids, they're complaining all the time, they must be vaping. There's something wrong with them. You just jump to that conclusion, or maybe there's a bump in the economy. It's a recession. Everything's falling apart. But here's the thing. You need to remember this. Satan is not the master of your mind. Amen? You are the mastermind. Turn to your neighbor and say, you're a mastermind. You are a mastermind. (laughs) So how do we do this? How do we actually start to distinguish what is a satanic thought and versus what is a God-fearing thought. And so I want to give you a couple buckets to help with that. And I got to give credit to Max Licato for this. Like, he really helped me kind of understand this. And I hope this, hopefully this helps you understand things. First off, how do you know whether a thought is from Satan? The first thing you need to remember is this, is that Satan's thoughts are godless 
thoughts. Now, when I say godless, I'm not talking about just blasphemous thoughts. I'm not just talking about um, anti-God thoughts. I'm actually, like, literally, like, God is not in the picture. Like, God's not even there. So I'll give you an example. This past week when um, I started having kind of these pins and needles and these stinging sensation on my skin from this medication I was allergic to, uh, the first thing I wasn't thinking is, God, you are so good to keep me safe and make me feel pain. No, I was freaking out. I was like, oh my gosh, what is happening? Uh, Do I need to call the doctor? All these running thoughts are going. But I wasn't bringing God into that equation. And often when that happens, that actually leaves room for the next, which is negative thoughts negative thoughts. So all these negative thoughts start pouring into your brain of just things that aren't going well, things that you're not doing well, things that aren't going right. And here's the thing. This is what Jesus says about Satan. It says that he's a thief. Look what it says in John 10. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. Satan wants nothing more than to steal, kill, and destroy your joy, your peace of mind, and any kind of equilibrium in your life. Uh, think about these negative thoughts like a pit bull. Like once it gets its grip on your mind, you can't shake it off. No matter how many friends of yours comes to say the opposite, to tell you the truth, you can't shake it. Even when God speaks, it can't, it can't, you can't shake it because those negative thoughts are just so kind of built in. But I also want to say this too. Not every negative thought is demonic. Okay? I don't want you to think that all these negative thoughts are demonic. But there's a line that's crossed. When the thoughts start to become condemning, when they start to become accusatory, there's one thing where you say, man, I'm worried I'm going to be late for work, versus, man, I'm worried I'm going to be late for work. I'm such an idiot. I'm such a loser. Like, what is wrong with me? That's when you know that something's crossed over. That's when you know that it's not a God thought. And when those thoughts start to get crazy, they get amplified. So they get louder and louder and Actually, what starts to happen is we can't even hear the truth. I'm missing an F. Thanks for your grace, everybody. These thoughts start racing. And here's the thing. Peter actually gives us some insight into this. He says this. He says, Be alert and sober-minded. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. See, when you hear that roar in your mind, those are the amplified thoughts of the enemy. They're overstated. They're overblown. In fact, you may hear phrases like this go through your head. Things like, I'm never going to get out of debt. I'm never going to lose this weight. I'm always going to get passed over. I'm never going to get that promotion. Here's the thing. Always and never, when you hear those words go through your brain, always and never are paw prints of the enemy. That's how you know those are amplified thoughts. And altogether, these thoughts, they're like gnats. Gnats. You ever seen a gnat? This is what they look like. All you people that like to go walking in the woods and you have these little things flying in your nose and in your eyes and in your ears, that's what gnats are. And that's what these anxious thoughts are like. They're like these gnats that just kind of get all over us and we can't shake them off no matter how hard we try. The gnats are always there. And that's what happens with our anxiety. It almost feels like there's no escape. Like we can't just get away from these thoughts. But, but right now, I just want to um, call something out. Because know that for some of you that are watching online, the reason why you're not here is because maybe you have a kid with special needs. Or maybe you're taking care of an aging parent. Or I know for some of you, that's something that you're doing. You're taking care of aging parents. And there's always a little bit of 
some low-level anxiety. It's just always there. Like I, t- I talk to parents who have kids with special needs, and there's all these questions of, will my kid be okay? Will they ever be independent? Will, will they be able to find love one day? Or as your parents are aging, like, will we be able to ha- have them come live with us? Or will they have to live in a home? Will we be able to handle all the oxygen tanks and all these different things? And, and all, all these different questions and anxieties come, we, we kind of wonder, will we ever be free of the anxiety? And if I can be honest with you, maybe not completely. You're always going to have that low-level roar, that those little gnats that are kind of flying in and out. But here's what I can say. You can minimize them. You can minimize them. You can minimize the anxiety that comes all around you. You may not be able to eliminate, but you can minimize them by thinking about whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable. See, what we're talking about here is how do we welcome God's thoughts? As air traffic controllers, how do we clear the way so that we can welcome and receive the God thoughts that are coming our way? So what are God thoughts? How do we recognize those? I want to give you a couple ways. The first is that they are God-centered. And, and really, sometimes it's just saying, Jesus, I need you here right now. Sometimes it's help God. Like, it doesn't need to be anything big. I remember when I was in the ER, like, just to be real honest with you, and I'm just kind of waiting, and I'm in some pain. At some point, I just started saying, Jesus, I, mean, I believe you're here. Jesus, you're with me. I just said it over and over again. At first, I thought I was just thinking it, and then I realized, oh, it's coming out of my mind, and people are walking by my bed thinking, what's going on with this guy? But I just said, Jesus, I, I need you here. I need your thoughts here because my thoughts aren't great right now. When you invite God-centered thoughts into your situation, it starts to displace the satanic thoughts that are coming. The other thing is that God's thoughts are inspirational. Now, I want to clarify here. When I say inspirational, I mean the word inspirational actually means in the spirit. Inspirational. There we go. Like in the spirit. So Words that come from God's spirit. I'm not talking about like the Hallmark Channel. I'm not talking about your happy, clappy, sappy kind of TV shows or, you know, those things that you see. But like in spirit, scripture. Guys, the promises of God's word are for us. And when we're in situations where anxious thoughts are after us, and even if we can't quite feel the relief yet, when we can go to God's word and remember it and read it and have people read it for us, there is power that's there. It encourages us. And helps us remember that Satan has been defeated. His power is broken. And we can walk in the truth of who he is and who he's made us to be. We can go to his word for truth. For instance, when you feel burnt out and overwhelmed with health issues or financial issues, remember the words of Jesus that says, Come to me and I'll give you rest. When you're feeling lonely from a divorce and you're still raw and you feel that no one cares, remember the words of Jesus. He says in John 10, 11, I am the good shepherd. Let me care for you. Or how about this? You feel like the lawsuit, it's never going to end. And Jesus reminds you, you'll walk through the fire and not be burned. The promises of God, the promises of Scripture, we can go to them because they are also factual. See, so often, when we actually start to look at our anxious thoughts and ask, are these true? Like, does this actually have a bearing on reality? You know what we find? They don't. 
Jesus says he is the truth. Truth is not a thing. Truth is not an item. Truth is a person. It's Jesus. We can go to him, and he can tell us who we are. He can remind us who he's made us to be, and he can say, I can take the power out of these anxious thoughts because I can tell you what is true and what is false, what's real and what isn't. And what we start to see is God thoughts are gifts to combat the gnats. They're the gifts to combat the gnats. In fact, you can even come to a point where you can look at anxiety in a way and see it as a gift that draws you closer to Jesus. And in fact, that's my friend Colby's story. You know, many of you guys know the Colbs, uh, and Colby has been very honest and open about her journey fighting anxiety that she's kind of had uh, her entire life. But it wasn't until in the past few years that she's really seen anxiety, not just as this, um, this gnat, but actually as a gift that she's been able to kind of give to others. In fact, I really appreciate you, Colby, sharing this gift of your story with our church. Let's watch this together. My name is Colby Cole. I have struggled with anxiety since I was young. When I became a teen and entered college, I turned to drugs and alcohol and a steady diet of junk food to take away the pain and the worry, the discomfort. Something would happen and I could still feel the root of worry and then I met my husband, and he took me to a church community. And for the first time, I felt accepted, and I felt seen. There was a good five years of not feeling the burden of anxiety. Even throughout pregnancy, I, I did not struggle with worry or panic. So I kind of felt like anxiety was behind me. I had a beautiful baby girl, and when she was about a year and a half old, I was hiding from all of the windows. I wouldn't leave my house, and I just sat and sobbed, knowing that something was going to happen, and I couldn't care for my daughter anymore. I felt so helpless, and I didn't know where to turn, and I didn't have a doctor who was listening to me, and I did think about taking my life. At that point, I turned to my husband and we decided that I needed to get a care team wrapped around me who was going to look at a holistic approach to my battle with postpartum anxiety and depression. That care team included being honest and upfront with my city group at the time, asking for help, asking for meals, asking for people to help me with my daughter also finding a Christian physician who advocated for me. I realized looking back on my struggle when Gwen was a year and a half old and now she's 10, I know that the Lord gave me the care team, the, the, a doctor who advocated and her man wouldn't settle, wouldn't settle when certain medications weren't working for me. Anxiety is a part of my daily walk. It's something that is part of my story that has become sort of a gift. I have seen that anxiety makes me more sensitive. It makes me more compassionate. Anxiety is always present with me, but it's no longer a prison.
Thank you. That was a gift. One of the things I love about your story, Colby, is that Colby did not have to feel the pressure of, I have to choose between a miracle and medication. She said, I want it all, Lord. I want all the healing. So she had a community of people come around her. She had doctors. She had her city group that was there praying for her, helping her take care of her daughter in those times. And that's what we need. You see, this isn't a one single approach. We need one another in the battle against anxiety. We need to be able to say, when we come to church on a Sunday morning, man, I'm struggling this week, guys. Can, can I get some prayer? That's why every week we have a prayer team. They're available. They want to pray for you so that you can leave here with that burden lifted a little bit. And, and I love the reality of the story. The reality is, it's a daily presence, but it's not a prison. Amen? Amen? See, the, the gnats, they don't stop buzzing. But can I also say this? The gifts of God don't stop flowing. Amen? They don't stop and they can't stop and they won't stop because God has given us the resources. He's given us his Holy Spirit. He's given us his people to do battle against the war, against worry. And he ends this section of Philippians by saying this, whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice. And this is where it happens, guys. When we put it into practice and the God of peace will be with you. <laughs> do y'all see this? The God of peace wants to give you the peace of God. Amen? Think about this. The God of peace, the God who came into our world, into our anxious living and our anxious life, came to give us his peace. That's why we say Jesus is peace. Jesus is peace personified. In fact, let's go back to this passage. Let's actually switch out the names with whatever and actually put, out, put in the name Jesus. Look what it says here. It says, Jesus is true. Amen? Jesus is noble. Jesus is right. Jesus is pure. Jesus is lovely. Jesus is admirable. Guys, we need to marinate on Jesus. We need to think about Jesus, have our thoughts be stewing in who Christ is. Amen? Amen. Think about this. This is the God that came into, the, into our lives, into our brokenness, and he gives us his peace. And can I tell you about that peace? It's a peace that is beyond understanding. You may be in a situation, and I understand what's going on, but God's giving you peace in it, amen? You may be in a situation with your health that you can't explain, and God's giving you his peace, and you can't explain it, but you're going to hold on to it. It's a peace that will never leave you. It's a peace that will never forsake you. It's a peace that you will always have. So can we give God a praise for his peace? Amen, church? Amen. He's worthy. He is worthy. So guys, when anxiety attacks, I want you to remember that Jesus is your defender. He stands with you. He is before you and behind you, and he will never leave you, and he will never forsake you. And so in a moment, we're going to get to declare that. Because I think it's important for us when we know truth, we got to declare it, whether we feel it or not. So maybe you're here today and you're in the grips of anxiety and you're like, Nathan, I, I don't feel it. That's okay. Something can still be true if you don't feel it. Amen? And so we're going to declare, we're going to declare that our God is a mighty fortress, that we can run to him when our anxiety comes at us, when the world is falling apart around us and he promises to hold us and to grip us. Let me pray for us and then we're going to stand and sing together. Jesus, we declare that you are a mighty fortress. We know that you have not abandoned us and that you are with us, that in our weakness of anxiety, you show yourself strong. That when it seems like we are falling apart, the truth is you are holding us together. So Holy Spirit, will you come? Will you transform us? Would you change us? Would you help us rest in that truth that the God of peace will right now release 
his peace. And God's people said, amen. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us. We pray that today's message encouraged and inspired you. If you live in the Williamsport region of PA, we'd love to engage you in person. You can find more information on service times, city groups, and our incredible kids and youth ministry at citylions.org. That's citylions.org.